It is Wednesday, the 21st day of September 2022, and as just a general reminder, this is indeed, undubitably, the world's worst podcast. Case in point, yesterday uh, I was joined um, by a friend of the show, Evan Glasser, for a deep hour-long conversation covering a variety of uh, intelligent topics. Of course, as I've done now twice, I have managed to, quote, lose, end quote, the recording. Don't ask me how. Uh, I did everything according to the directions provided by Google Meet, who was uh, the, this was the first venture with Google Meet. I had to actually uh, increase the uh, commitment that I've made to Google for a couple of uh, domains and workspaces, and uh, somehow never got it. The two test recordings that I did, got them, no problem. <laughs> Literally have them in my Google Drive, all set, no problem. However, the one actual recording that I wanted, gone. So... Either uh, Google Meet didn't record it or I fucked it up. I'll lean towards the latter. Uh, honestly, if this show wasn't already fucking horrible on its own, shit like this would make it, you know, shit like this. Wait, hold on. Fuck, 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 fuck. See what I mean? Fuck. Hey, it's a good line. Honestly, if this show wasn't already fucking horrible on its own, shit like this would make it fucking horrible. In this case, shit like this makes it fucking horribler. That's a decent line, and I fucking blew it. You want to know why? Because I stink. Oh my god, I am so fucking bad at this. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm just fucking pissed off. <laughs> and it's taken me so long to even start this today, because so much shit just keeps happening that I think I want to talk about, and then, yeah, that's probably stupid, but fuck. Oh, my God. So, uh, look, in lieu of uh, a good conversation with an intelligent person, you'll get my stupid ass uh, with a uh, somewhat of a cold talking about Puerto Rico, Martha's Vineyard, dumb football teams, a chess update, uh, ants, and, of course, more on the queen and the monarchy, because why not? Let's keep beating a literal dead horse, shall we? That's all right here, right now, on episode 134 of the world's worst podcast, Complaints and Observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet, with a host who's the smartest person in the room, when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. 
And as I uh, said in the open, I said, undubly, when the word is fucking indubitably. You see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm fucking saying? Hi. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I hope that uh, that you tell your friends, hey, um, I listen to a podcast that is really fucking awful, and you should listen to it too. Why? Because maybe we're not really friends. You see what I'm getting at? I don't know. I follow this this uh, account on Twitter. It's called Good Pods. And, you know, they're, they're always, like, hyping up, um, you know, good podcasts. So I, I I felt the need. I feel the need, like, when they post something to, to comment or to, to quote tweet it just because I find it amusing. But today it was like, hey, uh, the biggest way uh, to, to gain followers is word of mouth and by telling your friends and... <laughs> So I say that multiple times every episode, and I still have four listeners. And so uh, somebody, um, I believe it was Tom, who I don't know. I don't know if Tom actually listens to the show. If he does, sup, Tom? What's going on? Tell your friends. Or I said to I said to Tom, hey, uh, maybe I should just drop the S in friends and say, tell your friend. Everyone has at least one friend. At least that's my hope. What do I know? Anyway, so today, um, I was supposed to have uh, my friend Evan on, and we were going to talk about a bunch of things, as we always do. The, the And I, I've said this on the show multiple times, that any time I spend uh, with Evan is always valuable. Um, he is a, a very well-read and smart individual, and I love talking to him because I always learn something. It could be entirely innocuous. It could be life-changing. That's just how it goes with Evan. He's a good guy. Uh, He's entertaining. And he's smart as fuck. And it pisses me off that someone that young could be so smart. (laughs) I say that young. He's 29. But that's still fucking young compared to me. My fucking fat old ass. Anyway, so we talked about... And I'm going (laughs) to say... Hey, this is what we talked about, but you're not going to hear it. Um, but whatever, fuck it. It's, uh, it's how things go around here. We talked about the state of the world, uh, more specifically the instability in China, Russia, and the United States, uh, the volatility in America, uh, the global community as a whole, somewhat. Uh, there was talk about, uh, the labor crisis, which Evan has a particular interest in, including a term that he used that I hadn't heard before, unengaged workers unengaged employees. Um, fascinating. I found that it was very interesting. His take on it is a little bit different than mine just because of uh, his line of work. He's in recruiting. And so, you know, he has a bit more insight than I do. No surprise. Most people do. And then he talked about small business and how the cost of labor itself is becoming an issue. And then specialization within industries as well as uh, unionization and workplace automation. So it was a, you know, the first couple of conversations we had, it was 
you know, uh, serious topics, but good topics, which is why we talked about them. We touched on creativity and entertainment in the arts, which I had talked about previously. The lack of new ideas within the major studios, to which I've encountered. And see, this is this is something uh, that that you get from Evan when you spend enough time with him, right? And he said, uh, "Good art always finds a way." And you think about it, right? If something's good enough, it's gonna get out, regardless whether it's by one of the major studios, one of the you know social media platforms, YouTube, something. It's gonna find a way. Entirely poignant. And not at all belonging on such a dumb fucking show with a dumb fucking host. So there you go. That's what would have been (laughs) if I could, you know, figure out how to use Google Meet. I'm not taking the fucking hit for that. Fuck you, Google. Assholes. Speaking of assholes, let's talk about... Which I wasn't going to talk about, but I find the whole thing annoying, so I, I, I need to talk about it. The, the bullshit that went on at Martha's Vineyard last week where you had um, the governor of Florida flying 50 immigrants from Texas to uh, Martha, from Texas to Florida to Martha's Vineyard. Now entirely cheeky ploy on his part, which was, hey, let's dump some immigrants in a very wealthy part of the world. The idea, I'm guessing, is to expose the hypocrisy of the left uh, and, um, you know, and, and shine a bigger spotlight on what's going on in the southern states. The problem is that it's bullshit and you, and you can't fucking do that. They more or less kidnapped these people and, and just drop them off in, in Martha's Vineyard. It backfired in a way that, you know, was sort of funny where the folks at, in Martha's Vineyard rallied around these 50 people and took care of them for the most part. So, it you know, it, not only does, does he and Greg Abbott look stupid, but these people are probably better off for, for what happened to them in the end. But at the same time, I hope that fucking DeSantis and, and Greg Abbott um, are up shit creek for this. I really do. We'll see. I'm not counting on it because another thing that Evan and I talked about is there are no consequences anymore. It, so it, it doesn't fucking matter. Nobody gets in trouble for fucking anything unless it was something somebody said that offends other people at some point. That's it. That's the only thing people get in trouble for is offending with words. Actions apparently, nah, it doesn't fucking matter. So the whole thing stinks, it smells, um, and it, it just co- goes to show you that they don't know anything about Martha's Vineyard, okay? Now, look, there are a ton of people on Martha's Vineyard, there's about 20,000 full-time residents, and most of those people are just middle-class folks. The, the, the island is not filled with James Taylor 12 months a year, so it's just not how it is. Most of those big houses from fucking September to May are empty. Now, if you want to say, hey, we should put fucking immigrants in the in Taylor Swift's house. You're just being a prick. <laughs> That's just how it is. 
Like, is there a problem, quote unquote, at the border? Of course. But there has always been a problem at the border. Always. This is not a new occurrence. This has been going on since, you know, literally, you know, the early 1920s, basically. So for roughly 100 years, it's been a problem. 80 plus years is, is the number that I've used. An even bigger problem is that there has never been a cognizant solution put forth by either party, ever. It's always just a a series of patchwork fixes, quote-unquote, that are all temporary. Not a viable solution by any fucking stretch of the imagination. They tried multiple times, you know, in, in the 40s to try to do something they did. They did a bunch of shit in terms, like, around uh, World War One, we're bringing in immigrants to do work. Um, that kind of backfired because then they stopped it. And, I, you know, I had actually typed out a whole fucking timeline of this shit, but I really, uh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You can find it. If you, if you look hard enough, you can find multiple sources that are somewhat reliable or should be somewhat somewhat reliable to most intelligent people it'll be reliable but who knows my point is that the current current issue really started back in the 80s the supreme court ruled that uh, children of illegal immigrants could attend public schools and the floodgates opened for you know legitimate reasons most parents um want what's best for their kids whether they're here mexico or wherever wherever so they started pouring into the country in 86 the immigration reform and control act was passed to crack down on companies who were hiring illegal immigrants so where you got your lettuce mainly the foxy lettuce fucking farms in Yuma, Arizona. Good grief. What a sight. What a sight. Christ, when was that? 20 years ago? 20 years ago when I was there in Yuma. And you saw that. And you're like, oh my fucking God. Flatbed trucks with porta potties on them so that, you know, the hundreds of people that are picking lettuce can fucking take a leak or take a shit at some point during the day. Who knows if they actually did, because they get paid by the head of lettuce. My guess is that, you know, they were sort of cracked down. I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing that they were guilty of that. So, not only, though, did they crack down, but they also granted amnesty to the close to 3 million workers who were already in the country. Automatic amnesty for close to 3 million illegal workers. Which is what most of these people come to this country for. Don't believe the bullshit about, you know, they're here for free shit. They're not getting free shit. They'll get free shit from, you know, church groups, homeless shelters, etc. They're not getting checks from the government, okay? So don't fucking stop. That's a long process. Anywho. Bush 1 created the Immigration Act of 1990, which essentially just moved some fucking shit around, raised a number of allowable immigrants, and tried to spread the wealth around the rest of the country, meaning he made it easier for other countries to come into our country. So he reached out to African countries, 
uh, South American countries to, oh, Eastern European countries too, to come to America. But at that point, the number of illegals was then higher than it was in 1986 before the amnesty. So in four years, they passed uh, the number of illegals that were in the country even after the fucking amnesty. So figure that out. That's fucked up. In 1994, NAFTA, which ultimately created a larger gap between the haves and the have-nots within Mexico and other countries, which forced more people to try and cross the border. The Clinton administration then decided to start introducing more law enforcement and force itself to keep border crossings down and pumped a ton of money into it. Then 9-11 happened. The Department of Homeland Security is created, and since then, the amount of money pumped and thrown at the Border Patrol went through the roof. The size of the force doubled to over 20,000, which is where it still stands today. The border of, of the United States and Mexico is 1,933 miles long. With that many patrol folks, you're looking at 10 patrolmen per mile. Meh, really? What are they doing? Just kind of tells you that the money is not really going there. As with most fucking bureaucratic nonsense, it's probably being spent elsewhere on shit that they don't really need. But that's another story for another time. It's just an overall lack of efficiency with the entire process that's the prevailing issue. And no amount of money is going to fix it because as we've seen over the last 80 plus years, you're never going to stop people from trying to escape their less than poverty level existence for the opportunity to better themselves. It's not going to fucking happen. You're always going to have this problem. Always. And until we sort of like accept this and stop playing games with this crap, you're never going to be able to solve the problem or at least come up with a cognizant solution to help the problem. But now we have Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis who seem to think that wasting taxpayer money on busing and flying these people all across parts of the country is somehow going to fix or even more, uh, you know, or highlight the problem. But then again, it's, you know, we've been slammed over the head with this by the right for the last five years. It's their biggest boogeyman, brown people coming across the border and into your home with fentanyl and uh, chicaquiles like, should the rest of the country be on the hook to help out states that see the most migrants? Absolutely. But the problem is, who the who which state sees the most migrants? It's fucking California. California. It's not Texas. It's not Florida. It's California. They're not bussing people around. Like, cut the shit. But look, should should other states be on the hook somehow? Absolutely. It's the United States of America. It's not just Texas and Florida. They need to be uh, assisted in some way. I, again, uh, a bigger problem than I'm able to solve or even talk about. The main culprit is, is, is all the countries that where, where these people come from. DeSantis wants to run for president, but he seems to be missing a golden opportunity to point the finger at the Guatemalas, the El Salvadors, the Hondurases. The Mexicos, and of course now Venezuela's. Like, what are we doing? You should be pointing at them. If you want to fucking argue about uh, Kamala Harris and what she's doing, fine, go at it. But at the same time, why not go at the source? Doesn't make any sense. 
the political upheaval, economic fealty to the upper classes at the expense of the, of the poor, absurdly low wages, and a general apathy towards their own people have created this problem in the first place. But at the same time, the U.S. doesn't seem at all interested in addressing it head-on. Back in June, the ninth summit of the Americas was held in L.A., allegedly a place for the governments of essentially all of the Western Hemisphere to have a chit-chat about what's going on, a chinwag, if you will. The U.S., as this year's host, is allowed to select the guests. What did they do? They chose not to invite Cuba. Because the U.S. has always hated Cuba. Cuba? Cuba? C-U-P-A. Has always hated Cuba for reasons that are now painfully and outlandishly antiquated. They also didn't invite Nicaragua and Venezuela. Why? Who knows? It's fucking foolish to avoid the issue, especially when there's a legitimate humanitarian crisis that's going on. It's fucking dumb. Grow the fuck up. Sit down with these people, and if, they, if they're if assholes when you sit down with them, then tell them to fucking take a fucking flying leap. You're not going to solve anything with this fucking standoffish garbage. So grow the fuck up. And as for DeSantis and Abbott and the rest of the GOP Legion of Doom, stop using these people to try to make some sort of fucking uh, political statement. It's just, it's fucking, it, it's, it's evil is what it is. Are you taking these are these are actual human beings whether you believe it or not they're actual humans and it doesn't work and i i really look forward to the day where it comes back and it bites them in the ass so the funeral for the queen was monday uh the the usual pomp and circumstance that surrounds the monarchy took place uh, and eventually, uh, she was lowered into a tomb, a vault, a royal vault, next to her uh, husband and uh, some other departed uh, family members. The whole thing was, I didn't watch all of it because, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to. I did watch a, a handful of select clips. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting was the three-mile procession. Three miles. They made these fucking poor guys walk beside uh, the hearse and the limos and whatnot for three miles. These guys are in full regalia, full gear. Three miles. I don't see how that's necessary. And then there's the, you know, when they uh, they take the, the crown and the scepter off of the casket and put it up on the uh, altar, I guess you would call it. And then there was the guy who was the the queen's head of household, broke his wand of office and placed it on the coffin to signal the end of the reign. Did they need a signal? Were there people there thinking, oh, I wonder if she's really gone? Were they waiting for her to like, <laughs> were they waiting for her to pop up and be like, gotcha or something? I don't know. But, you know, they, they need this person to walk up and break his stick in half. His pool cue basically is what it looked like. 
Say, well, that's it. Snap. So, of course, you know, the whole thing is just stupid to me. I find the whole thing ridiculous. I find, you know, the number of people that watch this thing worldwide, apparently it's going to be close to 5 billion. 5 billion with a B watched a funeral. How many of those people say when they have to go to an actual funeral, like, oh, I fucking hate funerals? Probably a lot of them. Yet, 5 billion of them sat down at some point and watched this thing. How on earth do you get 5 billion people to do anything at the same time? Never mind watch uh, the funeral of a person who was the head of, ah, just... Not the greatest bunch of people. Not the people themselves, but the, you know, the idea of the British monarchy. Not the best. The relationship that a lot of these countries have with, with, with the royals themselves or with the monarchy as an entity and not so much the queen, that seems to be the general consensus. Okay, I'm not down uh, with with the monarchy, but the queen seemed okay. All right, fine. But it, does that does that require that does that require a digital billboard on Route 24 south of Boston to have a display that says in memory of Queen Elizabeth? Are we really at that point that that is at all needed? That's real. I saw that. I took a picture of it. No fucking, that's no bullshit. That really happened. What also really happened at the same time is that Puerto Rico, which is an actual United States territory, was being uh, obliterated once again by yet another hurricane. Because the last time, which was literally five years to the day, Hurricane Maria came in and fucking wiped it out. And this one, what was it, Irene? I can't remember the fucking name of it. But, I mean, it was a Category 1 hurricane. Fiona, I'm sorry, Hurricane Fiona. When it hit Puerto Rico, it was a a Category 1. But because the infrastructure in, in that country is so shit because we've let it go to shit... Uh, they're getting fucked. They're getting fucked once again. And it's a shame. It's a fucking shame. But one of the... Th- and I hate... Th- this is the part that sucks, is that I have to keep going back to shit that Evan and I talked about. <laughs> and he made a good point. He's He said, you know, is it going to take like a uh, a War of the World situation for... Uh, for people to realize that we're on the same side, ultimately. You know? Because, as he put it, when you're in a foxhole, it's not going to matter if the guy next to you is a Trump Republican. Right? It's not going to matter. Shit like what happened in Puerto Rico should be a no-doubter. Like, those people are Americans. Like, is Puerto Rico a state? No. Why? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? It's probably, oh, well, we can't put 51 stars on the flag. Shut up. 
Like, honestly, shut the fuck up. Does it really matter? Oh, 50 is a good number. Oh, we can't have 51. Ugh, why not? Fucking Neanderthals. So while the uh, major new news outlets uh, in America are uh, doing live coverage of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, none of them were showing the fact that there was literally no electricity on the entire island of Puerto Rico. None. Because it didn't matter. Because they don't care. All they care about is ratings and money. That's it. There is absolutely no point. And now these poor people are going to have to you know, pick up and try to rebuild yet again. Thankfully, we don't have a fucking president that's going to go around and throw paper towels at people. That's a plus. Who knows what the fuck he's going to do. I mean, I would hope he does something more than throw paper towels at people like the last fucking guy. But I don't know. I don't know. It's like, buddy, you've given billions of dollars to Ukraine. And I'm not going to fucking... I'm not going to get into that because, quite frankly, I think it's justifiable. But that's just me. So now you need to figure out, okay, how, how much money am I sending to Puerto Rico? Which, again, is an American territory. What are you going to do? So that pissed me off. It really, it fucking it annoyed me. There was no need for it. I didn't like it. Didn't care for it. And there was a video, I think it was from like Access Hollywood or something. And uh, Christopher Maloney, Merloni, sorry, the actor who plays Elliot. Can't remember. What's his last name? Elliot something on uh, Law and Order. Elliot something. What the fuck's, what the fuck's his last name? I don't, I, it's not Spitzer. It's not Elliot Spitzer. Fuck. Well, maybe, I don't know. Shows how much I watch that show. He's on uh, SVU. And uh, the clip is him at some event and somebody asked him a question. Hey, um, you know, did you, uh, did you, did, did you watch uh, the Queen's funeral today? What'd you think? And he looks at, at this girl like with this in, incredulous look on his face. Like, uh, no, I was, I was waiting for information about Puerto Rico. There's something far more important happening right now. I was like, fucking A, whoa. Christopher Maloney trying to exist outside of his Hollywood bubble. Nicely done, sir. Way to go. Keep it up. I'm very curious to see how things progress with, uh, with Charles in charge. Of my day and her nights. I can't remember any more words. <laughs> Ugh, terrible joke. I'm curious to see what happens because my guess is that this guy is not going to be as, you know, outwardly gregarious as his mother. The stories that I've read about him are fucking ridiculous. And so uh, looking forward to this because my guess is it's going to be sort of a train wreck. Just a guess, but we'll see. Yeah, that Charles in Charge joke was uh, 
Not bad. Not good. But not bad. All right. Too much uh, pseudo-serious crap. Let's talk the toy aisle. Let's go to sports. Now, yesterday was a uh, a big deal here in the Boston area where Zdeno Chara signed a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Boston Bruins. I played 25 seasons, 14 of those as captain for the black and gold. Um, that started a conversation on Twitter between myself and uh, and uh, Nolan, who was uh, the other person who was supposed to be on the show, but Dave fucked up the recording. Nolan doesn't like fun, and he, it, he hates the idea of the one-day contract. I've always thought it was a bit kitschy, uh, but I don't hate it. You know, I think it's a good way for people that, you know, hey, uh, it meant a lot to me to play for this city. Um, So I want to retire in that city, hypothetically. So then there was another another guy on Twitter who said, you know, he's like, well, I don't understand the contribution that he made. Why would he have his number retired? It's like, fuck off. Get fucking, get fucked. <laughs> I love that. Get fucked, pal. All right? The guy was the captain here for 14 years, won a cup, which was more than Ray Bork did, and Ray Bork was one of the, uh, you know, people that he cited. He said, it's, it's not like he was Bobby Orr or Ray Bork. Look, I'm not saying he was better than Ray Bork, but he was uh, the captain of the Bruins for one less season than Ray Bork. And he won a cup here. And he went to three cup finals. I think Bork only went to two. Yeah, I think it was just two. So seriously, get fucked, pal. His number's going to get retired. Um, And, uh, you know, he seems very happy with his decision. And rightfully so. I think if you if you play a sport for 25 seasons... Uh, and especially, you know, a sport where you actually physically hit people. You know, you're probably pretty happy when you're not going to do it anymore. So from the way that he talked, it sounds like he's going to be around. I don't know how around he's going to be, but you won't miss him. The guy is fucking, you know, 6'9", rides a bicycle all over the city. So keep your eyes peeled. But it was good. I um, the press conference was was great. I was fully expecting the man to cry. He didn't cry because I would imagine all these guys cry when it's the end. But nope, not this one. Like I said, he seemed happy with his decision. So uh, the other thing, sports related, uh, the Red Sox still stink, which is great. Aaron Judge hit his sixtieth home run last night. And the kid that caught it got nothing for the ball except for a, an autographed bat and a couple of balls. These fucking people that sit in the outfield in these places and, and don't know how to negotiate. What the fuck? Because all you're doing is you're setting the market and you're fucking everyone else who catches an important baseball. Come on. Really? Like, at least get fucking tickets out of the deal, man. 
get something. Like you had to pay to get in to sit where you sat, or at the very least, just to get into the building. So you're already down money. If you purchased anything in the building, you're down more money. So what the Yankees should have done is, hey, we'll refund your ticket. We'll give you tickets to the rest of the season, playoffs included. Nope. A couple of autographs. And the kid's like, oh, you know, I just wanted to. It's part of it's part of history. Fuck you, pal. Fuck you. Like, look, they're going to get the ball regardless. You just need to set your price. God, I fucking hate that. It's so stupid. Let's talk football, shall we? And I've come up with a new concept. Hashtag dumb teams. Currently, there are two dumb teams in the league. The Broncos and the Cowboys. Those are the current dumb teams. There are other dumb teams, obviously, but currently in the category of hashtag dumb teams, the Broncos, because their head coach is a fucking dolt. This guy's an idiot. And the Cowboys, because their fucking owner slash GM is a fucking idiot. Laughably bad play calling on the field, team management off the field. Dak Dak Prescott was probably the most important football player in the entire league. Maybe him and Josh Allen. If Josh Allen goes down, I have confidence that you know, they can at very least figure shit out because that team is so good. The Bills are so good with Josh Allen. If they play without Josh Allen, they're still going to be good. They might not be Super Bowl caliber good, which they are, by the way. The fucking Bills are no joke. It pains me to say it, <laughs> but they're no joke. Do I think they're going to win at all? No, because I think they're going to fuck up like they did last year. But, uh, you know, Dak Prescott not being on the field means that that Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush, who was literally cut during cutdown. Okay, you're a GM of a football team, an NFL football team, where guys get hurt all the time. Would it not behoove you to have a quality backup uh, in case your starting quarterback gets hurt? Now, this is not a knock on Cooper Rush by any stretch, even though he's not that good. But he's not that bad. Jerry Jones cuts him and the third string guy, um, West Virginia quarterback. What the fuck's his name? Will Greer? I think it's Will Greer. So literally on cutdown day, they had one quarterback on the roster, and it was Dak Prescott. They had to then uh, do make a bunch more adjustments. Uh, you know, injury, uh, IR guys, and this, that, and the other, uh, and then had to uh, re-sign. And, and no, basically, they put the both quarterbacks on the practice squad at that point, and then they had to call up Cooper Rush from the practice squad prior to the game on Sunday. It just kind of shows you the kind of stupid bullshit that this fucking idiot has done for the last 25 fucking years. And it's literally been 25 fucking years because he hasn't won shit without Jimmy Johnson. But Jerry Jones is a petty fucking moron. And so, you know, he, he's going to, you know, uh, grumble and drink his fucking uh, uh, 
uh, Johnny Walker Blue and get people on the bus and, you know, try to fuck broads all over the place and this, that, and the other and not put Jimmy's name in the fucking ring of honor because he's a petty asshole. The Dallas Cowboys somehow are the most valuable franchise in all of sports, yet they are run by a fucking toddler. And it is painful to watch them. And it's been painful to watch them for the last, at at minimum, the last 22 years. It makes no fucking sense to me. It, It makes no sense how that team, of all teams in the league, that team can be run so poorly. It angers me as a fan of that team. And I'm still a fucking fan. I've been a fan since fucking I was three. I'm still a fucking fan. They piss me off to no end. And they have, like I said, for the last 25 years. Thankfully, the Patriots filled the void. But fucking hey. Uh, teams on deck to be hashtag dumb teams. Cardinals, Raiders, Ravens, Rams. Uh, Cardinals... They're just dumb. Their fucking head coach is a goddamn idiot. He doesn't know what he has. Kyler Murray, just let him fucking go. It's the same with the Broncos and Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson, meh. But Kyler Murray, if if Cliff Kingsbury just said, hey, uh, run around like a fucking chicken with your head cut off, they'd win 13 fucking games. Because that's what the kid can do. Stop fucking bunch sets and all this other crap. Doesn't work for him. That's not his thing. Why do you think at the end of every fucking game they're back in it? It's because he's running around like crazy doing his thing. That's how Arizona has won games for the last three years. Not because of Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's genius. He's a fucking idiot. Vegas. Josh McDaniel, he'll be fine. That team, I think, will be fine. But right now, they're getting close to being a dumb team. If they go out and lose this week, hashtag dumb team. They blew a massive fucking lead. Also, the Browns. But the Browns were put in a bad spot when they signed that fucking piece of shit, uh, Deshaun Watson, to the biggest guaranteed money contract in the history of the league. So fuck off. You get no pity from me. Jacoby Brissett, much better than Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. Uh, Finally, we get to see, at least for the next like six, seven weeks, these two uh, behemoths of Patriot lore uh, battling it out statistically on two decent teams. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. I have always said and maintained that Jacoby Brissett was the better quarterback. Uh, My friend Jeff and I have a very long-running bet over the course of their career who's going to throw more touchdowns. I think it's I think it's right now it's Jimmy G and the the hope was that uh, Jacoby could catch up uh, this season but nope Trey Lance had to go and fucking break his ankle so fuck you San Francisco should be a hashtag dumb team but they lucked out they got a horseshoe in their ass wass horseshoe in their wass hmm. so Vegas dumb team Baltimore dumb team but not that dumb because. Unfortunately, I think the Dolphins are legit. I think the Dolphins are legit. That coach is weird. I don't dislike him. 
but I think they're legit. So there you go. Same with the Rams. Uh, the Rams are in trouble. Not quite a dumb team yet, but they're getting there. Uh, another dumb team, my fantasy team. Already a fucking trash fire. And because nobody wants to hear about your fucking fantasy team, we're not going to talk about it. Good news, I have a voicemail on the way. A fan of the show, friend of the show, Heather, has another fucking gem to share with you all. Please, listen closely. Hi, it's Heather again. So, I saved your number now on my phone, uh, so I can complain whenever I want. I can just use Siri to call you now. Um, So, I was talking to our friend Donnie about this bridal shower I just went to this past weekend. And we got to talking about, like, the concept of weddings and bridal showers and the whole disaster that it all is. Like a bridal shower, it's you're asking your mom to throw you a pre-party to the party so that you can receive more gifts. And the gifts are all kitchenware, very expensive. Like I'm going to put a $70 bowl because I don't know why. I have nowhere to put it. I live in a one-bedroom apartment, but it's $70. I'm from Crate and Barrel. I want it. And then you go and you just watch them open gifts. I don't understand the whole concept of, one, having this party and forcing people to bring you stuff, but two, you also have two incomes at this point. You are, now have someone that you're engaged to, so I don't understand why you can't afford the kitchenware that you're asking people to buy. So I think the party should be for single people who can't afford it and should learn to cook so that they have a life skill that maybe they can find a partner. And then you bring me up to the concept of bachelorette parties, where it used to be like a one-day event, then it went to two days, and now it's like four days, and they have to take off work. So on top of the bride asking you to pay for a bridal shower for a party before the party, they now want you to take a vacation before their party and to pay for the bride to go on vacation. Dumb as hell. And then you get to the wedding, and after spending all this money on the pre-party and her vacation, you then have to pay for your seat. Because for some reason, the people who are throwing the wedding can't afford to have you there unless you pay them at least a hundred, usually more dollars, to go to their party. So I'm sure you've talked about this in the past, but I would love to hear your thoughts of how dumb of a fucking concept this is to have a wedding. All right, see you later. The concept itself is indeed dumb. And how about if you're sitting in your car or, or your office or if you're mowing your lawn or something, please stop what you're doing and and give a hearty round of applause to Heather for sharing yet another dynamite voicemail. And the fact that she has now saved uh, the number into her phone, 617-657-4736, so that she can complain whenever it comes to her is just delightful. It is beyond delightful. I am giddy, really. But I have talked about this um, previously. But it's always worth going back to. Here's the thing, okay? And I, I don't know if I've said this before, but it is far worse for the women that are invited to weddings or in a especially if you're in the wedding. And it's even more so if you're in the wedding. Because, you know, you're... You have to commit time and money to this thing. So you got to commit time uh, and money for the shower, time and money for uh, the bachelorette party, time and money for the actual wedding. 
Because now you're paying for your dress, you're paying for shoes, you're paying for God knows what else. I'm guessing you have to pay for your hair and shit. I don't recall um, my wife's um, party, how that worked. I don't really know. But it really is a scam. The whole thing is a fucking scam. It's great if you're the one getting married, though. Don't, you know, don't confuse that part. The shower thing, she is so spot on when it comes to that because I've never really understood it. Because like she says, it's just fun. All you're getting is kitchenware. I remember specifically walking through Bed Bath & Beyond uh, with Jen, and we're literally just trying to pick the most absurd and ridiculous shit to put on the uh, the registry to see if people would buy it. Like, I put a an electric smoker on there. Like, who the fuck would buy it? Sure enough, one of Jen's aunts bought the fucking thing. So I was like, okay, fine. But the concept, this is a revolutionary concept that Heather has thrown out there. The single people's party? Imagine now, you're like 22, 23 years old. And it's all, it's, <laughs> it's like a bar mitzvah. You've come of age. You're going off on your own. We're going to have a party and we're going to buy you all the kitchenware you could possibly need for your new home. That actually makes a ton of fucking sense. Skip the bridal shower bullshit. I mean, does this apply to baby showers too, Heather? I mean, what how, what's your stance on baby showers? Not that I give a fuck, but what's your stance? I'm curious. My 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 hope is that you're okay with baby showers because it doesn't involve so much work. There isn't multiple stages. But man, the single people's party, somebody should actually do that. So you have a kid, graduates college, right? You throw a party, and it's not a graduation party. That's a different party. That's a money party, the graduation bit. But before they're ready to move out, you throw a party for them, and it's just they go to the fucking, they go to Bed Bath & Beyond, they set up a registry, you buy the shit that they put in their registry. There you go. The single people's party. It's probably a better term for it because that sounds like a political party, but still. That is a fucking great idea. Now you've learned a life skill and you can attract a partner. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's fucking genius. Now, like the bachelorette party thing. When you're if you get married at like a younger age, OK, let's say you're in your mid 20s and you try to have a bachelorette party, like what the fuck do you do? It means it's a one-night affair. Okay, fine. When you get older, I didn't get married till I was 40. So I had a bachelor party where it's like me and my friends went, we went down south and played golf and drank excessively and went to the worst strip clubs on earth. Like that was, that was a fucking blast. My hope is that everybody that attended had a, had, had a fun time as well. But I, I've always found it very strange that bachelor parties when you're in your late 20s, when you don't have that sort of that much expendable income, maybe you do. I don't know. 
Maybe that's the kind of circles that that these folks are running in. I don't know. But yeah, that's a literal vacation before the actual party. The timeline, it makes perfect sense. So it's it's money party, money vacation, money party. And then you have to buy... No, that's for the, the actual uh, couple. They buy gifts for the party. But it's never equal to what you've laid out. <laughs> uh, I remember I bought my guys. What did I buy them? I bought them um, socks, uh, nose hair trimmer, and a shot glass with a picture of my face on it. <laughs> So, I mean, it probably caught... Oh, and I think I bought belts, shirts. Maybe it was shirts. I bought them something else, too. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think I probably spent like 100 bucks, like per guy. But, I mean, the layout did not... It wasn't equal to what, you know, they had spent. (laughs) I can't get over the single people's party concept. It's absolutely brilliant. It really is. Take a bow, Heather. That was fucking great. Because, but you know what? At the same time, it's too practical, which is why it would never happen. That's like telling kids they need to learn to balance their checkbook. <laughs> like, it just, it's its not a thing. It's not going to happen. All it would take, though, is one relatively famous person to do it before it took off. That's that's just how it is. Maybe... <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> maybe we should combine... Uh, maybe we should delay uh, the uh, w- let's let's have a discussion with the Jewish faith and and delay the bat mitzvah and um, <laughs> until you graduate college and then you have a big party then that uh, coincides with with um, like I know that's not I know it's not accurate to say that I think, wait, actually hold on hold on one moment. Okay, I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Scratch that. I was under the impression that at some point in history uh, that the bar mitzvah um, included circumcision, but that was not the case. So I am not Jewish, as you can tell. Typically, um, you know, uh, the moil comes along when the child is about eight days old. So unless we're having a single people's party at eight days old, it's a terrible <laughs> comparison. I don't know why I thought that. Why did I think that? I know why. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Anywho. It was an excellent idea. Disregard my terrible joke. The last part, though, is when she said that you have to pay 
uh, you know, for your for your seat at the wedding. And the people that are holding the party can't afford to have you there. <laughs> that I think is up to you, right? It depends on how much you want to pay. They leave it open to interpretation. How much do you think this party is going to be worth to you? Huh? Do you think it's going to be worth 100, 200, 250? What's it going to be? So that's on that's on the guest, on the invited guest. How much this whole fucking charade is going to be worth. It's like the the concept of marriage is not so bad right the concept of weddings though is just out of control it's entirely out of control so nothing that she said there was really uh it like none of it's wrong like those are all legitimate complaints and my guess is that a lot of other people feel the exact same way just a guess. I don't know. But thank you as always, Heather, for calling in. That uh, provided wonderful fodder for the end of the program, or close to the end of the program. And if you would like to call in, 617-657-4736, please, I beg of you to call in with a complaint. Don't try to fucking sit there and tell me that you don't have something to complain about because you do. We all do. That's the fucking crux of the program. I'm trying to get through everybody's thick fucking skull that it's a good idea. It's a good idea to me. And to some other people, probably Heather included. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she just feels bad. It is now time for everyone's favorite part of the program, The End. And as it is Wednesday, it is for three grapes. Grape number one, servers with no personality. Uh, on Monday, this past Monday, I uh, had the pleasure to play golf with uh, with four friends. Three friends, I should say. It was great. Afterward, we ventured to a local establishment uh, to dine. The young lady who was the uh, the server had the uh, personality as a uh, friend of the show, Mark, uh, put the personality of a doorknob. I found it incredibly strange. Now, this is not to say that she's not a hardworking uh, employee by any stretch. I don't really think that's that's it. But, um, boy, she just came off as very cold stiff and it was weird because typically when when you're when you're dealing with servers or waitresses waiters whatever usually they're over the top so over the top that it's annoying so this girl was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and i wouldn't even call it annoying it was just sort of off-putting i don't i didn't think you could be in hospitality with no personality but that's exactly what she was and it was it was weird we like she came over and asked us 
you know, what we wanted to drink. And when she left, we all, all four of us looked at each other like, what on earth was that? It was that striking. It was just odd. And I didn't, I didn't understand it. I couldn't, um, and I still, I can't figure it out. Like, what is it that, uh, I mean, look, you probably don't like your job and quite frankly, you shouldn't. Because I don't, I, I don't imagine that your life goal is to be a server at a, uh, you know, a middling American cuisine restaurant, bar and grill type joint. But it was just weird. And I think it's, it's not even really a gripe. It was just, it was just weird. Gripe number two, uh, tomato sauce when it explodes in your fucking microwave. All right. This has been uh, an issue of mine for a very long time. When you when you go to reheat pasta, or as I've done three times this week, meatballs, it is impossible to to save the interior of the microwave from getting covered in in tomato sauce. It's impossible. No matter what you do. And people say, oh, put a plate over it or, or put plastic on it or something. You can't do any of that. And I'll tell you why. Because your shit's not going to get hot. And I tried multiple methods. I tried the the plate that you kind of leave off to the side. You cover you you put it you put the plate over the bowl, but you expose a little bit, like the whole, you know, tear back the seal uh, kind of a deal that you get on microwave meals. And it didn't matter. The tomato sauce still found its way out that particular hole and all over the inside of the, of the microwave. I tried going shorter amounts of time in spurts with no cover. And I thought I'd stumbled upon uh, the winning formula there until I put it back in for like the third 30-second go-around. And it, it literally looked as if somebody's head was blown out the, the you know, <laughs> the fucking somebody got shot and the back of their head blew out into the back of the microwave. That's how bad this particular uh, explosion was. So, you know, I'm looking for solutions here and I'd be curious if anyone has one. Feel free to uh, to connect on any of my various social media channels. You can call 617-657-4736 and tell me how how do you do it? I'd love to know, because quite frankly, cleaning the inside of the fucking microwave at all is a pain in the ass, but particularly each and every time you go to reheat tomato sauce, it's a fucking pain in the balls. And I don't like doing it. I don't want to do it. I'm sure you have an idea, but you're not going to call, because nobody does. The only way, you know, Heather, Heather's the only one that calls, and she probably, she probably doesn't bother microwaving tomato sauce. <laughs> It's like, fuck this, and just throws it away. Gripe number three, ants. There was a story in the Washington Post this week that according to science, quote-unquote, there are roughly 20 quadrillion ants on Earth. Let me repeat that. There are 20 quadrillion ants on earth to give you a better idea of that number 
Think of it this way. It's 20,000 trillion. Like, that's fucking bananas. I'm pretty sure I had 20 quadrillion ants in my apartment when I lived in Plymouth years ago. That place was a dump. Seriously, it was a dump. It was terrible. The good news, though, ants are dumb and simply do not have the mental acuity to gang up and use their numbers to take over the earth. You would think that they would grow wiser through time. Ants have been around for a very long time. You would think some knowledge would get passed down from Generation to generation, which is like 15 minutes long. Imagine all the crumbs you could have if that happened, Dance. Imagine. Now I'm thinking of like swarms of ants. (laughs) Swarms of ants, like the Constructicons forming Devastator, and they're just going through the fucking countryside, leveling houses and killing people and destroying the earth <laughs> you know and you the army comes along and they try to 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 shoot this thing and you know the bullets will go through and sure it's going to cause a problem but two seconds later here come another billion ants to form another one but nope ants are dumb live in the ground, they fight amongst themselves. So fuck you, ants. That's a fucking great visual. I wish I had any sort of artistic talent whatsoever. I would literally... That would... I would just make a fucking picture of uh, ants as uh, the old Decepticon crew, the Constructicons forming devastator if you have to be old enough to get that joke and if you are congratulations you've survived you've made it this far in life that you've heard a terrible podcast host say that ants were going to gang up on humans What a way to close the show in, in a manner that is so dumb, it makes the beginning of the show not at all surprising, huh? Wow. All right, that's it. I've, I've gone on too long. Uh, hopefully I get Evan on again sometime in the, in the near future so that we can uh, you know, actually record and, and uh, have, a, have a good conversation. We'll see. I doubt it. We'll see. Uh, As I mentioned last week, if you heard, uh, there has been some movement on the job front. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm refraining from, you know, saying, yay, I got a job just because I don't want to jinx it just yet. I was offered a position. I accepted now I'm going through the background check phase, and they've uh, they've they've asked about a, a position of mine in the past that I can't really verify because they don't exist anymore. And uh, 
I don't really have all of the documents that they're requesting. So until this is an actual done deal, I will not be uh, rejoicing just yet. I'm very happy and I'm more relieved than anything else, uh, mainly because I don't have to talk about the job search anymore because it's fucking terrible entirely of my own doing. But uh, yeah, not good. Not good. Um, so we will continue on this current format, which would most likely be Wednesday afternoons, uh, at least for at least the coming month, I would say. Um, although maybe in a few weeks, if things time out correctly, it'll be uh, closer to maybe we might go back to Thursday drops. I don't know. I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody gives a fuck anyway. So what's it matter? Nobody listens to the show except for me. I'm my own best friend. If you get that line, congratulations. You're a dork. And yeah, so that'll do. Listen, go to uh, my Twitter page, which I think isn't bad, at ComplaintsPod. Go to my uh, Instagram page, also at ComplaintsPod, which is not nearly as good as my Twitter page, I think. Uh, Mainly because, I don't know, I don't like Instagram. I mean, I like it, but I don't. Plus, it's impossible to gain traction on Instagram. It's like Facebook really loves fucking with people, don't they? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Why are you doing that? Just let fucking people see shit and, and just stop. God, I hate them. Which reminds me, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. I have a uh, TikTok page, at Complaints Talk, T-O-K, that I haven't done anything with. Uh, I have a good idea for that, but again, I'm stupid. Um, feel free to email the show, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com, or you can call in, leave a voicemail, 617-657-4736. I'd love to hear your complaints. And uh, yeah, that's it. That'll do. Uh, thank you as always. I appreciate it. And as a reminder, please tell your friends or tell your friend. Uh, and also tell your moms. Yeah, and that's it. Listen, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>